play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot cope with him. Can't do it. Okay, episode four of the Fox Dodgers podcast. It is your host, Neil. I got my boy Vic in the building. Good afternoon. And we have a special guest in studio, our boy Richard. Go ahead and say what's up to the people, Richard. Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's Richard here. Uh, Hang on, my boy, uh, Neil and Vic. Happy to be on the podcast. All right, good. So uh, a little special show for you guys today since we got an extra voice in the studio. And we're going to go straight into the Super Bowl 50 that we all just watched about a week away. We just watched it a week ago. So not how I expected it to go. I obviously talked all over the podcast about how the Broncos were going to get their asses whooped by Cam Newton, and I was incorrect. (laughs) I guess the old (laughs) adage, uh, defense still wins championships, still holds true. Yeah, that's what I was going to say was it was a big-time defensive game. That's really all it was, was a defensive game for the most part. It was, was, in my recent memory, the first time that we've seen a, you know, win it in the trenches kind of game which I think is interesting because it seemed like the league recently has been building towards offense, which that's just how I feel. You know, Tom Brady and the Patriots recently, all these teams, it feels like they were stocking up on offense. It was everything is going vertical. You know, as many points as you can get is the way to go. And now all of a sudden the team who won was actually a defensive juggernaut. So do you think things are going to flip back over now? I think it would definitely have um, an effect on, you know, when it trickles all the way down the line. And I'm going back as far as like college football, recruiting defensive players, their stock, I believe, is going up after that Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, and we, we've seen it before. These things tend to happen in cycles whenever a team wins a championship with a dominating offense or a dominating defense. Well, what do we see in the draft next year? Everybody starts drafting accordingly. You either stock up on offense, trying to counter the teams with the great defenses, or vice versa. Um, so I can only think this means a lot of offensive tackles and offensive linemen are probably going uh, it high in the draft this year to try to block those edge rushers for yeah. Denver. Yeah, because if you think about it, that that was the deciding factor was Cam Newton literally couldn't do anything that we see him do every single game. Exactly. So that that was the big difference maker. And speaking on Cam Newton, I've been backing this guy 100%. <laughs> I've been saying this guy's the MVP. This guy's going to smoke Manning. That he's going to kill the Broncos. And I've been behind him the whole time, and he kind of lost me with the with the tantrums, okay? I'm not going to lie. I understand the post-game interview. Supposedly, he was overhearing Chris Harris of the Broncos, and it kind of upset him, so that's right. why he walked away. But that didn't even bother me as much as, like, the tantrum on the field, like crying like a little baby hitting the ground and everything. That kind of bothered me. Okay. Did that bother you guys at all? Was it? Not even a little bit. What? Yeah. Yeah, I, I got to agree with Vic on that, just because, <clears throat> you know, when you work so hard, um, basically spend your entire life doing one thing, and you basically reach the ultimate stage, you know, um, when you're not performing as you wish you would and uh, things are just not going your way, you know, emotional reactions, everybody at, reacts differently yeah. emotionally. So, you know, you never know how that's going to play out, especially, you know, I'm pretty sure we've all had bad days. We've had outbursts, except there's not a camera in your face and a million reporters with mics asking it, questions. Yeah, I mean, and, and I know it's already been talked about by other um I guess, uh, recorders or prognosticators, however you want to label us. But the, he he didn't change. He didn't become any different. We just didn't see a lot of, of, of that side of him this year because they went 15-1. and one. So not a lot of opportunity for him to pout or, yeah. you know, act uh, petulant on the sidelines or anything like that. It's not See, the thing for me is it's not even crying. Like, I don't mind you crying. Like, obviously, like you said, it's emotional. It was the way he reacted. Like, he dropped to the ground. 
and and like almost like beat the ground and tantrum like a little kid, like my son would do, okay, like my four year old would do. So I'm like looking at it, like if I'm a player <laughs> on my team, that's my leader, right? You know, I'm, that's how I I literally seen my son hit the floor like a sore loser. Like it right. just bothered me for some reason. And again, I'm totally behind Cam. I think he's one of the best in the NFL. There's no question about it. I still think he's the MVP. I still think he deserves it all, and I still think he should have whooped the Broncos. But I just did not like the way he hit the floor. And, again, it wasn't the crying. It was just the way he did it. Like, it just seemed like, you know, he lost all control, how kids flailed to the ground and, like, got dragged him out of the store. Right. It was like that. And I just It just annoyed me, man. Is it just me? or is it, I mean, does the media, you know, uh, whether it be professional media, social media, um, it, I mean, they take every opportunity they can to jump on Cam Newton. Am, yeah. I, am I right? Yeah. yeah. You know, because – when it comes from, I, I actually work with a guy who, you know, asked him, who's your Super Bowl pick? And, of course, it was Denver. And he literally just told me because he wants to see Cam Newton get his yeah. face smashed in. Yeah. Right? Well, we spoke about that last week, Vic, how okay. people literally just hate him to, like, because of his culture. Right. Because they don't understand it. Right. So, and, again, that's not where I'm coming from. I okay. totally love Cam Newton. Again, right. I wanted the Broncos to lose. I wanted Cam to win this. And You're definitely him. a Cam supporter. Yeah. It was just, and, and even after the fact, I'm still a Cam supporter. It was just that, like, left a bad taste in my mouth the way he... I, no. gu- I guess it really depends who who it is that you're asking. Because somebody like me, especially if it was a heated moment like that, like I, I get kind of emotional, you know, or, when I play sports now and back in the day when I did. If that were me on the big stage like that, I would have probably been right there laid out on the ground with him. Yeah, but punch a wall or something. Knock over a Gatorade. On thing. the sideline? <laughs> oh, well, okay. Knock yeah. over a Gatorade. Gatorade. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that can happen. Do but. something. You know, yeah. I don't mind that guy on my team, though. Exactly. I don't I, mind I, playing I, with I, that guy because I, I know he gives a damn. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just, exactly what I was well, going to say. Well, again, the guy's going over there and he's, you know, um, you know, Jamarcus wrestling it with the uh, <laughs> Oprah Winfrey diamond in his ear, you know, while we're down 40 points. That that bothers me. No, no, I, I get it. I get it. But again, I just didn't like the tantrum. <laughs> on the opposite side, Peyton Manning. Uh, we all thought he was going to retire and announce it in the game. I know. I think you called it, Vic, last week. Well, no, that was, oh, that was um, a prop bet. That was one of the prop bets. Yeah. But if you think about it, no, he he's never, ever in his career ever been a guy who's like, oh, make it all about me. Yeah. Um, so which, which is why I, you know, would have been very surprised had he kind of taken over the um, the postgame interview and, you know, announced his retirement or whatever. So do you think he is going to retire, though? You think it's a foregone conclusion? I don't know. Is is uh is you saw Magic Johnson recruiting him on on Conan? Yeah, even <laughs> I saying he'll that. give him some kickback money to come play quarterback. I think for he LA. should retire. Yeah, you know. I mean, I honestly, mean, if you look at the stat line, it was I think I don't know if it was the worst or one of the worst quarterback stat lines ever in the history of Super Bowls. I mean, honestly, do you want to see another full season of Peyton Manning if? The skills were to decline as we've been seeing them. You know, we that, didn't even see a full season line. this year, and I was tired no. of it. You yeah. see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, seventeen interceptions in eleven games that he actually played. I'm yeah. telling you, and coming from a Raider fan, I'm talking about a Bronco here. This is hard to do. I would love him I mean? to stay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a Raider fan. Yeah, <laughs> all them ducks he was throwing, man. Come but on. I'm saying Peyton Manning. You know, just knowing him, well, not knowing him personally, but seeing his personality over his career. He's a hard guy to dislike. I like Peyton Manning. You know what I mean? I think he'd be a fun guy to hang out with. I don't like um, Peyton Manning. You don't I, like I, Peyton Manning. I, I got to be honest. And I definitely respect him. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever played. There's no question about that. I just don't like his all shocks, you know, down home demeanor. Uh, I want to go home and I, get a beer. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, Is it because I, you don't I, understand the culture? Okay. <laughs> I, I don't, no, I don't know about that. Growing, growing up where I did, there was a lot of those folks around. Believe me. Is that right? So, but I don't know. I just he 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 can't he can't really be like that. Like I said, I don't know. I just I just find him kind of kind of disingenuous and just to me to me he's just kind of unlikable. That's just me though. Yeah. So you figure that's just his uh, media personality? Exactly. 
You don't feel like he goes home and he's a different guy? Oh, absolutely. He's he's very calculated. Um, you know, he didn't get all those commercials by accident. Yeah, no, no I got to give it to him. I seen, the, I, seen the, I seen the Papa John's guy give him a hug on the field. Yeah, Are you kidding me? Papa John was out there? No, he gave him a kiss on yeah. the cheek. I was Whoa. like, what? The like, Papa John's guy was out there? Just wanted to, it looked like Papa John like wanted more. <laughs> <laughs> Peyton, Peyton had to kind of be like, nope, okay, that's, that's all you're getting. Yeah, it caught me off guard seeing him there like on the field. It, it, it was like immediately. <laughs> well, listen, how much money has Peyton Manning made Papa John probably? Exactly. That's true. So if you had to put a percentage on it, like whether he's come back or not, if you said the percentage of him retiring is what? Percentage of him retiring to me is like 85%. You got it. I mean, there's got to be a small, very small window. You just won your second Super Bowl, so you're equal to your brother now. You know, Thanksgiving dinner, he doesn't have that extra ring over you anymore. I mean, you're... He's just so arrogant, though, and, and like in a like behind-the-scenes type of way. Like, he, he, he still believes he could do it. You know what I mean? I know, he still, I know he still thinks it. And you have to be that all, good. All the greats do. Yeah. All the, so, all I, so, so there's always that sliver where I feel like this guy might believe he can he, he can do this again. Although we all know he shouldn't. I mean, right. from at least from what he's displayed. He's but, not going to Brett Favre the whole situation, yeah. is he? I don't hope not. I can't take another <laughs> one in my lifetime. Now, I can't that, that I couldn't see him doing. But again, you know, why not ride uh, the coattails of that defense and see if they can get you another championship? I mean, it's real easy when you got those 11 guys backing you on the other side. Yeah, that's true. I guess, you, like you said, with that defense, they keep that defense. Um, you know, now that you put it that way, I could see them maybe trying to put one more year together and saying, hey, Maybe we can win a back to back, and then I just you know, don't for see sure it. that he would be just the last so year. bad. It was he it was, was bad so to bad. watch, you know. He was so bad. There's got to be anybody you could put in that position to do the same thing. And, and of course, they were one Steelers third string running back fumble away from not going to the Super Bowl as yeah. well yes. against a team with no Antonio Brown and a banged up Ben. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see Manning come back, be terrible as a Raiders fan, <laughs> you know, and then Denver's one last, you know, less team to uh, to worry about as an obstacle. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to obviously beat this into the ground because everyone's disgusted. All so, mm-hmm. it was a good Super Bowl overall. It was, you know, it could have been better. I expected better, but I just think I because I expected the Panthers to do more. I think that's what it was. I didn't expect yeah. the Broncos defense to to stop them so much to dominate. So the way they did. so you know, I expected a, a bigger show. I almost look at it as like when Mayweather and, and uh, Pacquiao, Pacquiao fought. fought yeah. I expected something so great. They let down. That's you know a good yeah. analogy because to me, I mean, I think the Super Bowl was. I kinda, hated the Super Bowl. It was kind of dull. Yeah. Not, yeah, not a lot of tension. Yeah, it was football though. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I'm gonna take football any chance I can. And and I and don't I don't want anybody to misconstrue that as like, oh, I'm the guy who wants to see a you know fifty to forty five ball game. I like defensive struggles, but I mean when they come out and get a field goal and then on the very next possession, ball comes out and Denver's got a touchdown and now Carolina's down ten nothing already halfway through the first. Like you already knew it was kind of a wrap at that point. Exactly. Right. So the Broncos killed the Panthers defense <laughs> and and spe- I mean offense, excuse me. And speaking of killing O.J. Simpson, man, oh wow, <laughs> uh, man, took a cheap, took a cheap transition nice to that. Segue. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> so the people versus O.J. Man, that show, I'm seriously addicted. We're only two episodes in, and I love it. Um, every everything is, I I didn't watch O.J. play, mm-hmm. so I didn't. I mean, I've seen highlights and all that, but I didn't watch him play in the moment, like on TV. So that's not really what. I, I mean, I know obviously that's what he's famous for, but it's almost like for me. That moment of him and the Bronco and all this kind of stuff is what stays in my head for O.J. Simpson. When I hear O.J. Simpson, I unfortunately don't think of Hall of Fame running back, first guy to get 2,000 yards in a, in a 14-game season. Right. So he was great, and there's no denying that. But for some reason, maybe it's my age. Maybe it's because this other thing has almost overshadowed it in a sense. But I don't, you know, I don't recall O.J. the football player as much as I know O.J. the quote-unquote murderer or, you know, 
they say he didn't do it or they did whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so the show, I love the show for that fact that that moment of that Bronco chase on the you know on the TV and everything is almost like nine eleven was for me. Right, frozen to the TV, watching burned this, in my memory. Go down, you yeah. know what I mean? And so that's where it is for me. But I know for some people it was oh my god, OJ Simpson, the hero. You know, the icon is in this situation, but it wasn't that for me. It was just this guy for me. But well, the show is great. I mean, do you guys are you guys enjoying the show? I mean, everyone's talking about it, so I assume overall it's getting widely accepted. I mean, I'm loving the show, you know, and I have to agree with you on the Bronco chase. That's going to be, uh, you know, one of the most uh, more infamous scenes in history. <clears throat> as far as, like you said, when O.J. Simpson's name is brought up, um, of course, he played before my lifetime, too. So, you know, you know of his legacy. Didn't really actually get to see him play. No, he's a big Hall of Fame running back. Um, I knew him more of the, the TV personality. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple of Naked Gun movies. <laughs> um, you know, other other little shows. Uh, Hertz, commercials. Hertz commercials. Yeah, <laughs> hurtling the, uh, the lobby. Yeah. You know, that's how I remember O.J. And, of course, you wouldn't... Uh, uh, I mean, nobody I know personally, you picture them as a murderer. Yeah. So, you know, this guy, which, you know, it, it leads to us idolizing athletes and, you know, viewing them as non-human. You know, real life situations come into play and we remember, hey, these people, you know, yeah. are just like us. They put on their pants uh, one leg at a time. I don't know, you know, what you guys feel about OJ. I actually, you know, and this is as a black man speaking, I feel like OJ did commit the murder. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was living in Los Angeles at the time, um, and I just remember the whole climate was, uh, it was a, it was just a crazy time for it to be happening. It was a racial tension. It definitely was, because, um, you know, I remember clearly that uh, at some point during the trial or during the whole process between the chase and the trial, um, that it was no longer... Um, whether he was guilty or innocent, it turned into, uh, in my mind, a people versus the LAPD sort of situation. Right. Let's get one against them because they've been getting so many against us, yeah. you know, and it no longer, the facts no longer matter. I mean, that's sad to say, but, um, you know, that was my first taste of uh, real reality TV. Yeah. You know, people used to be like, I got to get home from school. The OJ case is coming on and it, pop popcorn. It's, it's kind of funny, too, that uh, you've got, Robert Kardashian prominently involved in that. So, it, and th- this is something in an article that I was reading. I wish I could remember to uh, to give the person credit. But you know, r- here's Robert Kardashian, who actually was a very private guy, um, not self-aggrandizing, not self-promotional. Um, and the OJ thing really was kind of like the first. Maybe not reality show, but if the, if there had been Twitter when the Bronco chase and the whole OJ trial, oh my that God. thing would have been blowing up every yeah. day, the internet. And um, so that that was kind of, like I said, the precursor to what we have now as far as like the 24-hour news coverage. And it's kind of funny, here's Robert Kardashian sort of involved in that. Not, not you know, he passed away um, some time ago and didn't really live to see what his daughters would then go on and ironically they now kind of rule that market you yeah know? so it's just kind of funny that that cycle well, well and, and i thought that at first like, they kept showing the kids so much and like you know the kardashian 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 right. and I, I felt like are you are they riding the hype train of the right. kardashians right now but also i think it has something to do with the way like big said with social media has taken over i think they're purposely playing that into it but it it was kind of like, okay, come on, we've seen these Kardashian kids a little too much. You know what I mean? Like, what do they really have to do with the overall story? You know what I mean? But I guess he was so important in the story. So I got to agree with you on that point just because at the start of the second episode, I remember when Shapiro is introducing Robert Kardashian and they make it a point to mess up his name or one of the reporters says, yeah. Robert who? Yeah. You know? And they say his name about three or four times. <laughs> yeah. so I was like, 
Yeah, they're kind of pushing the Kardashian name hard there on the front, which he was one of OJ's best friends, so rightfully so, he was part of the entire Yeah, no, situation. I mean, I get him being there and, and obviously being a, a focal point of it, but just the way they keep using, like, you know, his wife and the kids, and they're running in the funeral home or whatever it was. Right, The right. church, the church. Yeah. And they're, like, in the room, like, Kardashian, Kardashian, you know, <laughs> on the TV. I, I know that the the showrunners don't plan to make it that kind of thing, and they, they have addressed that as well, where they've said, and what, what they talked about was, okay, we shot X number of scenes, and really the Kardashian children are mentioned in, like, five or six of them, of which I think we've already seen, like, two or three. So I don't expect that to continue to be something that they would be so heavy-handed with over the the rest of the series. Um, I just I guess you you, you really can't avoid the yeah. fact that yes, this is their father that was involved in this uh, in this whole ordeal. Wasn't there a, a little rumor going around? Who's the oldest Kardashian? Is Chloe. that Chloe? Yeah. Wasn't there like a, is it OJ's daughter yeah. type of thing? Yeah. Like him, him and Chris? I remember that was a little rumor <laughs> oh, going around one time. Oh, I've never heard that. Yeah, yeah. There's all yeah. kinds of stuff. Yeah, There's all kinds so. of rumors. I even it, it kind of like made me like revive the um, the whole case to me. I was like online like googling like you know pictures from the crime scene. I didn't oh. I don't I didn't recall it being so gruesome. Absolutely, man, oh, bloody, it was man. bad. He it messed was. them up. I, I was watching uh, something the other day because now of course every channel is you know taking this opportunity to run their OJ special or analysis or whatever, and they they had a um, a video recreation. Where they, it sort of looked like a like a video game, like graphic wise, and <laughs> recreate like how he kind of jumped out of the bushes and did this, and they said because there there was very clear you know like serration marks above where you know where the near decapitation happened. So essentially, somebody picked both of them, Goldman and Nicole, picked them up by the throat with a knife, like and... jerking them up from the ground before uh... doing the cutting. Um, so he was finishing them off. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I'm I don't know. For the longest time, I didn't want to believe that he did it. I believed I that that he you know may have paid somebody to do it. But the more time goes on, I'm still not going to go out and say that I think he did it. But I don't that, think he could have acted alone though. No, no, because I I think they've even said that he he had an an injury you know he couldn't lift his arm only up but like so high so mm-hmm. in order for him to have been able to go like this i know he the, wouldn't have been the, able to the do listeners that. can't see it but i'm doing i guess a slashing gesture here to the, to the throat <laughs> uh, whole finger across the throat motion and i and i met him as well uh got his autograph in fact at a uh, lincoln dealership i used nice. to work at and he was he was like and granted this was right. probably about 2003 so obviously more than a decade after the whole ordeal and everything but he was walking with a noticeable limp. Yeah. Um, they, you know, OJ was not walking around very fluidly. Not wow. at that time. I think yeah. the knees and the age is starting to catch up with yeah. him. Yeah. But it's crazy because, like I said, for our kids, or almost uh, even us, like I said, we don't. a lot of people don't know OJ the football player. Like right. It's overshadowed by the killing, you know, by the murder. It, oh, it literally is. It's his whole career, everything that he's done. He's a Hall of Famer, all these crazy stats and crazy achievements. And one, you know, one thing wipes out his entire career, and we know him as... OJ the murder or you know or not murder, murder. or right. not murder or OJ you know, the uh, the glove you know, didn't fit it must you know the quit. OJ Simpson <laughs> the glove does not fit you must have yeah. quit so it's like it's kind of crazy you know we always discuss sports so I just thought it was interesting how but I I do uh, not not to cut you off but I I do love the show as well I was yeah. very hyped for it when it was coming out and it's delivered in pretty much every conceivable way um, absolutely yeah I'm I'm definitely gonna enjoy these last uh, seven or eight weeks that we have left for yeah sure. so speaking of you know troubled athletes or athletes who are getting into trouble. Um, whether it's, you know, 
with law enforcement, whether, you know, not as bad as murder, but uh, we're having a lot of, you know, publicized dealings with guys like Manziel, Josh Gordon, um, Larry Sanders, Justin Blackman, these guys who get, whether it's drugs, alcohol, um, just, you know, just being pure too wild for this, mm-hmm. for the sport or for the teams. It seems like it's, I don't know if it's more than ever. I don't think it's more than ever. I think it's just more publicized than ever. Right. And, and obviously teams have more money on the line than ever. And so fans, you know, get upset at these kind of things. And so these teams have to react to things. Maybe they wouldn't have reacted before when people didn't know it was happening as much. But what do you guys think about, I know we're not psychiatrists or nothing, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, as far as guys like Manziel and stuff, like it's, that's crazy. The situation is crazy. You know, obviously he came from a wealthy family and it seems like, did he? I, yeah, 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 super wealthy. I'm not aware of that. Definitely came from money. Oil money. Oh yeah, oil money. Yeah, so they're ah. super wealthy family. And that's why I think he's a jackass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what it is because he doesn't have anything to lose really. But then again, guys like Josh Gordon and Justin Blackman, they have stuff to lose. They're not from wealthy families. Absolutely. So, so what's their you know what's their story? It seems like I've heard a lot of good stuff about Josh Gordon recently, as far as then this whole off season that he hasn't been, the whole season wasn't allowed to play, that he's been working towards it, you know, to coming back. But it just. It's weird for people like us who don't have the millions of dollars, who don't have the dream that they're living, right. to see how they could just give it away. You know, for for stuff that we feel like just do it when you're done. You know, Absolutely. just do it when the, when you're t- when you're done. Like you have so much life after. And it's funny because Neil and I were having this conversation the other day about Gordon and uh, you know with the weed problem. And I know it's maybe from a you know an outsider looking in, like you know addiction. I guess there's no simple answer for addiction because right. we can sit on the outside and look and say, hey, why don't you just play football? When you're done playing football, you have the rest of your life to smoke weed and everything, you know? Yeah. I mean, hey, I've smoked weed before, and but I could never see trading that blunt for uh, an NFL career <laughs> yeah. and all that comes with it. You know That's what I mean? I, mean. I just don't, you know, I don't know if people have addictive personalities or they're more prone to addiction than another person. Or I was going to say, too, how do we know that this is all a them problem? Because as we know, a lot of these guys, um, you know, tend to bring their friends, uh, their posse or whatever people they knew from childhood or the cities they grew up in, hangers on and who don't always have their best interests in mind. So maybe they're, you know, kind of put in these situations where they're here and now they're, I guess they're acting out of some sort of like peer pressure Mm -hmm. so that they're... I don't know, they don't want to look like a bitch or they don't want to let their friends down or something like that. So again, how much of it is really like this person has a problem or this person just hangs out with messed up people who right. put them in shitty situations? Like you are the company you keep. Right. And, and also you feel obligated to keep them to keep because them, you came from them. You know what I mean, before absolutely. you had all this, you had them. Yeah. Right. So even though you may know it's wrong for you or it's not the right thing to do, you feel like, well, I'm a, I'm a scumbag if I let them go. You know yeah, I mean, who, I mean, who am I to let them go? You know what I mean? Am I too good for them now? That's how, that might be something that plays with these guys' minds is, you know, how do I let go of that? And I feel like I'm, you know, it's one of those situations where, oh, I'm acting like I'm too good for them now. You know what I mean? Right. And a lot of people have that mentality like, oh, when I become successful, I'm not going to change. Money's not going to change me. Um, you know, I'm definitely going to keep around the people that were around, you know, before I had anything. But I feel like money should change you. A money is going to change should, you whether you want it to or not. It's going to change your lifestyle. Yeah. It's going to change who you are. It's yeah. just going to. You're going to treat things differently. You know, I mean, that's just a fact of life. And I'm sure some but, of it is immaturity. I mean, these guys are young dudes, man. We, we, you know, we, we, we put them in this stage and we give them all this money, but we forget how young they are. It's I mean, so true. We all do stupid stuff when we're young. We all do stupid stuff when we're not young. You know what I mean? But immaturity plays a huge part in the way people act and the way stuff we do, you know? How many stupid stuff have you done when you were young, 22, 23, without millions of dollars? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, you yeah. know, some people believe that, you know, money just makes you a bigger version of what you already are. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I feel like there's no, you know, set way to fix it. There's no, this is the plan. Everyone, you know, get in line and, and we'll fix this issue. It's going to be something that always happens just like in any job in life. We've all worked with people who have had issues. We've had issues. Everyone has issues. So, you know, I don't know if, if these guys get a bad rap. So or... what do you think about Manziel, though? I mean, I know we're talking about Gordon and hangers on and, you know, Manziel comes from a wealthy family. I really, you know, I know I kind of let off with he's a jackass yeah. just because I'm really a big, Neil will tell you, I'm a, I'm a big supporter of Manziel yep. because I know that he comes from money and I know that the reason for him playing football is not monetary gain, you know, so I'm like, yeah. he must really love the game. It's not like he needs the money, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but, but at the same is time, it? is that safety net of the money stopping him from playing the game? I think that's definitely because I, I think it's he's the type of curse. person who's grown up with no consequences. And, yeah. and does he... Does he really love the game, or does he just love the the, the, ad, the adulation? Oh, right. good, good, right. good one. Okay, he might okay. be that. You hey. know, because he does seem like he likes to be out partying. Like he wants to he, be seen. No, he's he's you an attention I mean? hog. I, yeah. would, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he likes to be seen. I even seen his dad talking about him recently. Like, oh yeah, we've tried to get him into rehab. Like, yeah, just... when when daddy has to come out to the to the public and say like we tried to do this and that like yeah that's uh that, that means he's he's given up they've already wiped they're wiping their hands clean like yeah. listen we've yeah. done what we can as parents yep he's a grown man now you know what i mean yep. he's gonna make his own decisions i like i said they're gonna be somewhat to blame because i really believe that manzel i don't know him that way to know how he grew up how he was disciplined or what it was like but it seems like a lot of entitlement and no consequences for Poor decisions or actions. You so, know what I mean? so on the football side of things, where do you think he ends up? Because they're saying the Browns are cutting him, basically. Right. He's done. So do you think another team is going to take a chance on him? Do you think they're going to tell him to get his shit together first? You know, I obviously everyone says Cowboys, back up for Romo. Right, you know what yeah. I mean? Because, and with Jerry Jones being another media whore, yeah. you know what I mean, or likes the, the, the publicity, I, I, don't, I don't put it past Jerry Jones making a move like that. Yeah. Even if Manziel never sees the field. It's a, a talking point. I mean, here's an interesting thing about Dallas, too. And here's a guy who avoided being in this conversation. But Des Bryant, when he first got to the Cowboys, I don't know if you guys remember, the Cowboys had to hire, like, private chauffeurs to, yeah. to go out with him after hours and make sure that he wasn't doing stupid stuff. And then eventually, and then Michael Irvin kind of came in and took him under his wing and taught him how to be a pro. I think Dion uh, might have played a part in that yeah. as well. So and he was able to turn it around. He's been pretty much a, a class act ever since then. Not gotten into any off-field trouble, and he's now also blossomed into one of the best receivers in the NFL. Um, could that happen? Could Manziel go there, learn under Romo for a year or two, get his shit together, and then possibly be productive? I mean, it would be rough because now you're taking him back in Texas to where, and some people probably still have their Manziel A and M jerseys yeah. that still treat him like God right. when he walks down the street. It, it's you know, it'd be interesting. Who who knows? I mean, they took on Greg Hardy, so if you're gonna take on Greg Hardy, why uh, wouldn't you take Manziel? Why not you know Manziel? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, and I, and I heard Hardy continued to be a problem. I mean, obviously we've seen it on the field; he was a hothead. We've seen, uh, but I heard I heard in the locker room even he was still a problem. He was splitting the locker room up, so. I don't know if he'll continue his career as a cowboy, but I feel like if you're willing to take on a guy who allegedly did those things, why would you not take on a guy who's just immature right now? You right, I mean? right, because there's a possibility, like you said, for growth. Yeah. You know, Hardy is who he is. I wouldn't want to play with Hardy. That's just my personal decision. <laughs> I mean, on the field, he's a beast. He's a monster. I understand it's a business, mm -hmm. and it just goes to show you, but, I mean, uh, on so, a certain so, level. So you don't disconnect personal life from the sport itself, from the athlete? I try to as much as I can, but, you know, when people – you know, when you're constantly having things thrown in your face, you yeah. know, back to back to back. Like, there's some unjust. Look, Vince Young is out of the league, you know, for what? Yeah. Ray Rice is out of the league for what? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
Mike Vick if, was out of the league. If Ray Rice is 22 years old and he is the best talented running back, we're seeing him on a football team right now. Yep. So people can scream and holler all about morality and they don't want to, oh, he, you know, he did this and that. And I'm by no means defending that. I've never hit a woman, never land, laid my hands on a woman. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is they could really care less what you're doing off the field. As long as you can produce on the field, you're going to get a job. And And while you talk about that on the field stuff, Rich, I would just like to say, I would be maybe interested to see if uh, if it could work out with Banzel if he had Josh Gordon there on the field with him. Exactly. Jo- jo- Josh Gordon can fix a lot of a lot of a what ails you. A lot of problems, and he can make Manziel look pretty good because we saw he had a very nice connection with uh, Travis Benjamin earlier in the year with the big plays yeah. and stuff like that. And Josh, uh, Travis Benjamin had a fine season. He's no Josh Gordon, yeah. right? And I mean, and, and just imagine the opportunity for Manziel if the Cowboys did pick him up. Because you got to obviously we all know Romo is on the back end of the career, and imagine that opportunity to step into the starting job of the Dallas, of Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys and your Manziel. You right. know what I mean, like it's a perfect situation. It's like a storybook thing. Something you see a Disney movie about. So Absolutely. if he can, I mean, everyone. I'm rooting for the guy. I know you know a lot of people don't care for him, but I always root for the uh, you know the the, the, you know yeah the underdog believe, second chances. Type yeah, of thing. I mean he's partying. I would love to party with Manziel. Yeah. You know that's <laughs> you know that's a. That goes without saying, but um, like you said, I think the the type of things he's into now, they're trying to crucify him. But I I feel like uh, it's just a maturity issue, and people can become mature. You yeah, know? yeah. So speaking on football, because football has ended, we haven't touched on fancy football too much. So I kind of wanted to go there for a second. Um, we got a question uh, on Twitter from a listener. Uh, his name is Craig. He's also uh, submitted other questions in previous episodes. He goes by CB Tally. That's his tag on Twitter. What's up, Craig? Um, so Craig asks us about uh, free agent running backs. His question is, among the free agent running backs, who is like the big fish, the big domino this this upcoming free agency? Um, there's obviously guys, Matt Forte. There's Lamar Just Miller. Just go by the Bears. Yep, there's Lamar Miller. There's Doug Martin, who's looking to cash in. There's Chris Ivory. So there's a ton of big names, and obviously they're all talented. There's no question in any of those guys' abilities. So – which one do you think is the biggest fish? The number one pick? Number one out of those four guys. Who do you think teams want the most? Forte, Martin. Who were the other two? Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller. And Chris Ivory. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I figure Forte is the most proven. Sorry. But again, he's higher you know, in years. Right. Lamar Miller still, though, only 25-26, has game-breaking speed. Uh, maybe still has a little bit of a ceiling getting that dolphin stink off of him, mm-hmm. you know, could actually end up putting up better numbers than he did not this year, but the year before right. when he had about 1400 yards and, um, you know, and I think he led the league that year with like 5.5 uh, yards per carry. Average. Yeah. I would go Lamar Miller, honestly, yeah, Lamar because Miller. Forte, I feel like he's a playoff team kind of guy. Okay. If your team's going to go to the playoffs and Super Bowl, he should go there and just... He might try to cash in. He knows it's his last deal, and somebody might be dumb and throw him some you know, some exorbitant amount Doug, of money. Doug Martin's interesting, but I just feel like, ah, oh, man, like, which one are you getting? Exactly. Right, you know? right. Which Doug Martin are you going to see? Can't, you, can yeah. you throw crazy money at him? You know what I mean? And uh, It's just risky. Chris yeah. Ivory, he's obviously good, but again, he gets hurt pretty often, but he's talented. Again, you know... Uh, I, I would go Lamar Miller just because of the age factor, the potential factor. I feel like he fits any system. You know, he catches the ball well. Yeah. So that's that's who I would go with, with Lamar Miller, especially if I'm a Raider fan, which I am. Right. Latavius <laughs> Murray, pair him up with Lamar Miller. That could be I'll crucial. I'll take it. I'll but take you're a Dolphin deal. fan. I mean, but, letting go of Lamar Miller, how do you, do you uh, is that the right decision for the Dolphins? I mean, I, I would, I would kind of almost prefer that they franchise him for one more year, um, get this coming year, 
where Sue's uh, contract is going to be, I think, like $22 million, so they take the biggest hit on Sue in year two. Franchise Lamar Miller and work anything else out that you can. I, I think we got to do everything we, we can to try to keep the guy because Ajayi showed flashes, but he I don't think he's ready quite yet to, to take Still on that kind Reigns. of role. Yeah. And we know that the running back backfield isn't a one-person thing anymore. No, you know, So I think no. Ajayi and, and Miller are a good combo. See, I think, too, it depends where somebody lands because what if Matt Forte – does go to New England like a lot of people are speculating. Now you're talking about a Patriots team that would have two oh prime receiving options and Forte and Deion Lewis should he come back healthy. Um, what, what kind of options would that give them on every single play? They're platooning out Lewis and Forte with Brady throwing them the ball like that. I don't as a Dolphins fan, I don't <laughs> even want to. Do, think do about they have that. Blunt again next year? Is he on contract? Why? Why? Why would you keep him if you can? Well, get, I mean, if, you, could, if you can get Forte, that's true. Uh, unless Blunt wants to take a, a big pay cut, I don't know what his contract situation yeah. is. Well, I just feel like the Patriots always have like a stable running back. You yeah. know what I mean, like this year they had Lewis, they had James White, they had Blunt, they had um, Brandon Bolden. Brandon Bolden. So I feel like they always have a bunch of guys. They always uh, have Steve, someone else ready to step up. Yeah, Stephen Jackson at the end of the year when injuries happen. But oh, so, so I say Lamar injuries. Miller. You say Lamar Miller, or you say I'm gonna have to agree with you guys, Lamar Miller. Or you yeah, say Matt Forte, or you like Miller? Well, I yeah no overall I like Miller, but again. Like I said, it's going to depend on the on the landing spot where because some guy might be more valuable to one team than to another. Yeah, right. and I know as a Dolphin fan, I hurt you, but it's all right. You know? <laughs> He's a Raider, we're all happy except you. I'm I'm numb to it now. <laughs> it's, uh, Twenty years of the the Dolphin fan experience. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you're committed. That's good. <laughs> so, all right, we're gonna play a little game here. We're gonna kind of just go around with each other on some topics. I want to hit, you know, kind of. You know, we don't have to go fast with it, but just, okay. you know, just a bunch of topics we're going to touch on. So, Terrell Owens, should, should he be Hall of Fame? Was he snubbed? Yes. I mean, definitely Hall yes, of Famer. Yes, yeah? yes, yes. Oh, so, yeah. Hall of Famer all the way. So, what's holding him back? Personal, uh, personality? I don't know. Um, You know, they, they keep getting on this thing with uh him being, uh, what, what's Skip Bayless say all the time? T- team obliterator? Yeah. You know, yeah, that he, he was the cancer. reason. Exactly. But, I mean, like you said, the stats... Don't lie. Yep. He's a Hall of Famer, like first ballot, if you ask me. You know, the guy's never, ever, ever had a situation off the field. Yep. You know, those tantrums like Cam Newton, but I'm those okay. Tantrums I'm like okay. Cam Newton. I'm okay with you that. Know I mean? You know, he wants um, to win. Yeah, I mean, again, it's not the it's not the character Hall of Fame. Exactly. Uh, this isn't the personality Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of Fame, you know, for for winners and people who excelled at their position and that were flat better than everybody. Um, Terrell Owens, I think, is a better wide receiver than Marvin Harrison. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Without a doubt. You know, in a, in a shorter amount of time, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? I just feel like T.O. was so physically opposing, man. Like, oh, the man. guy was just dominant. You know what I mean? Physically, he just had all the talent in the world, He but he always had a bad rap. Yeah. Always. Except, you know, I mean, everywhere he went, I don't think he ever had a good situation when he left it. Like, everywhere he left, they felt like they had something against him. You know what I mean, the fans turned on him, whatever. Right. But I've always loved T.O. I always loved the way he brought, you know, the presence he brought. And, and let's be honest. If you see him now, he looks like he can physically still play. He, yeah, he never yes. let up. I mean, he says that. Yeah. He says that. Yeah. So, you know? so when you see guys who are lazy or they're looking like they're getting fat or gaining weight, you got you got guys like Eddie Lacy, who everyone is talking about. Man, dude, like how many burritos do you eat, bro? Right. Like you got ankle injuries. <laughs> I think it's weight issues. And then you got guys like you know, and everyone, no one, no one downs his you know his ability. You know, they still say, oh, Eddie Lacy's great, but he's just overweight. But To, this dude's been in shape. This dude does everything right. So you know, he's committed. Ask is I mean, is the Hall of Fame a popularity contest, or are we really going by the numbers? You know, because what other reason do they really have for keeping him out? Are they, you know, that's what I'm wondering. Are, are they trying to do like they do with the baseball thing, where baseball they feel the need to make certain guys wait 
uh, a year or two wait a turn or two before like oh you have to wait your turn for some reason yeah maybe, maybe that's what they're doing to him for kind of we're gonna you know, teach you a lesson right i was gonna say hey we'll just let you know we have the power here and we you know we yeah. control when you get in if you get in yeah well i hope he gets in regardless i mean he's, I, he's got to eventually get in at some point I yeah mean, so because we'll, yeah i'd like to hear legitimate if there's anybody out there listening who has a legitimate argument for yes to stake oh, out would, of uh the hall of fame that, yeah. i'd love to hear it besides as well. his personality we do not care about his personality issues. i don't care hey, if you guys, like him don't care yeah. if you want to eat dinner with him yeah. talent wise yeah talent give wise, us an argument yes please email us tweet us whatever you have to do give us the to argument for not being in the hall of fame uh lakers i don't know if you guys seen the article they said that the Lakers, Lakers contacted the Cavs in 2007 and offered them Kobe Bryant for LeBron James. Kobe said he had a no-trade clause. He wouldn't go there anyway. Obviously, they weren't going to trade LeBron. But if that trade had happened, who would have won the deal? Who do you think would have won that deal? Now, looking back. Are you, are you asking a Laker fan that I'm, question? <laughs> I'm asking a Laker fan that. I'm asking a Laker fan that. Obviously, you love Born Kobe. Born so love obviously Kobe you love Kobe. Love Kobe. But Bryant. you know who who LeBron is, right? You're familiar with the guy. I'm familiar with the okay. guy LeBron. So would you be familiar with LeBron on the Lakers from 2007 on? I'd how, be very familiar. with Okay. That so how much do you, do you think that would be any better? or Would it be worse? Honestly, it's it's hard to I, I I can't picture it being better just because I associate Kobe Bryant. I can almost read his first and last name in purple and gold. That's <laughs> right. how much I associate him with the Lakers. You right. know what I mean? Right. LeBron, don't get me wrong. Would love to have LeBron be a Laker. Would love to have any superstar be a Laker for that matter. But, I mean, Kobe, the storyline to me is just too perfect. You know, the the, the up and down with Shaq, um, you know, obviously this would have happened after, after. that. But, um, and, and after Shaq, I mean, it wasn't as great. I mean, could it have been better with LeBron? Could it have been more successful with LeBron? I mean, I know you have this because you're a Laker fan, especially right. – you're like tied to the hip with Kobe. Right. You know, they can, no one can say nothing bad about yeah. Kobe. You know what I mean? He's like Kobe he's, and Magic Johnson are yeah. like these two names yeah. that we just can't discuss. So, so I know you have this memory, like this this fondness that you hold on to him. But Absolutely. Can you come off of that the and mama, say man, that the killer? Can you come off of that and say LeBron would have been better for that time? Period? No, I can't do you it. Can't. I, didn't I think really you can't. Could. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people out there who do uh, disagree with me because just like people don't like To's personality, yeah. people hate Kobe's <laughs> personality. I could care. I actually love Kobe's personality. Same here. Because. Um, you know, when they talk about, and one thing that's agreed upon when they speak anybody, nobody works harder. Right. First one in the gym, last one to leave. Yeah. I know that's cliche. You hear that a lot. Yeah, we discussed it like last week or before we discussed the documentary. The documentary. How it makes yeah. you sick watching that. Like, yo, you, you feel the, crappy about yourself. Yo, the guy is a beast. And, uh, and I mean, you know, if he, you know, his personality uh, is judged off of him expecting other people to put in as much work, yeah. then so be it. You and, know and, I mean? and that's all fine and dandy. That's a great story you just told us. But guess what? He's still <laughs> LeBron. <laughs> and he's still one of the greatest to ever do it. And I mean, I'm going to throw up a poll on cloudodgers.com with the question just to see what kind of reaction we get to it okay. on Twitter and stuff. But Vic, I'm saying LeBron is better if he was on, it would be the better Laker team. Rich is saying Kobe on the Lakers was the better Laker team. You split this tie. I I would, I'm going to start by saying Kobe would have been dying. And of course we know he would have vetoed the trade, but let's say he didn't have a no trade clause. Yeah. And they sent him there anyway. Uh, looking at the the Cavs roster from 2007, minus LeBron, uh, Shannon Brown, oh. Drew, Drew Gooden, Larry Hughes, uh, Big Z, Zodrunas Ogalskis, Daniel Marshall, Booby Gibson, uh, Eric Snow, Verjao. Not really a lot to work with there, but on the flip side, you go back to the 2007 Lakers, and you've got here Trevor Ariza, Andrew Bynum, uh, Jordan Farmar, Derek Fisher, 
uh, Lamar Odom, Ronnie Turiaf, and Vlad Radmanovic, uh, solid role players. So I've got to think that the Lakers long-term, of course, would have been way better off, uh, and that would have been a lot better roster than what LeBron dragged to the finals <laughs> the year before when they got swept by the Spurs. Right, and Kobe, you. Kobe won two championships since 2007, right? 2009? I think he won two. So it was two... Since 07 with the Lakers. Let me check really quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 2009 and 2010. Okay. Back to back. All right. So he won two championships in that time span. Right. So could could LeBron have done better? I I say he would have. Who, who you didn't who did you choose? Who did you did you break this tie? Oh. Who you're going with LeBron as far as for the Lakers? Oh, so who the question we, we was, know who, the Cavs would be Who would have who would have worked out for yeah, better? Yeah. Either well, way, no matter whether it played out as it really did in history or if they made the trade, it still works yeah. out better for the Lakers. Yeah, because their team is better. Their supporting exactly. cast is exactly. better. Right. But what I'm saying is, is which team is better? That exact Laker team with Kobe mm-hmm. or that exact Laker team with LeBron? With LeBron, okay. I, I, I got to be honest because let's say that um, I'm going to go with Kobe as my answer. Oh. And, here, and here and here's why. Disappointing. Here, here, Disappointing. No, no, no. Here's why. Um, LeBron didn't get to the finals until 2010. When he gets there, he has no earthly notion of he just somehow in 2010 forgot how to play basketball or at least postseason basketball. So let's say they go to the finals the next year with LeBron at the helm and that team, and he goes two for 10 and completely craps the bed in a big moment in the finals or even in the Western Conference finals. Um, And we saw how, you know, he took a beating for doing that in the Dallas series. How's that going to react? That was Miami, where not a lot of people care. People were made to care because LeBron was wearing that uniform. Right. But how's that going to play out? LeBron in a Laker uniform, Laker Nation. Oh my How God. are they going to react if he goes two for ten in a finals game? They're going to crucify and you. Loses them the finals, and I don't know. I mean, he's gotten over. I, I would have said early in his career, maybe he was a little bit mentally fragile, and he's definitely done a lot to you know to obliterate that yeah. mm-hmm. in years past, mm-hmm. but. Would his career have turned out differently? Say they go to the finals, like I say, and they lose, and he plays poorly, and Laker Nation gets all over him. Like, could that have maybe derailed his career, or maybe he would have came back stronger and won four straight MVPs? Not just to piggyback off of what you're saying, Kobe's already had three championships under his belt at this point. You know, mm-hmm. if we're talking about those championship teams, what's up? And Shaq? You're saying, what's up, Shaq? <laughs> what's up, Shaq? Uh, Hall of Fame inductee, Shaq. Yeah, listen, right. All right, Shaq. Love Shaq too. Nah, no, no. The Lakers Shaq. On top of this, listen, LeBron, right, listen, LeBron, no. get familiar with these guys' voices. All right, okay. LeBron, when you see these guys on South Beach, <laughs> LeBron, Vic, LeBron, Vic and Rich. All right, they ever come up to you try to shake your hand, bro? <laughs> smack it out the air. Check this out. So, like Vic was saying, you know, Kobe was definitely the uh, more familiar with the whole final stage. Had three championships, no nerves, and you put that same team together. You know, he won two championships with Gasol. Is does LeBron have the personality that? is going to push Gasol to be as good as he was like Kobe was doing while he were there. I feel like Kobe kind of pushed Gasol to another level when he joined the Lakers. Oh, he no doubt yeah, pushed yeah. all those guys. I, I don't think he would have done it with personality. I think just by playing with LeBron, people have career years playing with LeBron, and especially back then, it just happens. I mean, obviously, Gasol would have been playing at a higher level, um, but I guess more in a different way. LeBron isn't that sort of... Uh, that sort of vocal leader like Kobe is, he's more of like, you know, let me, sh- you know, I'm going to show you and you guys follow me. Right. I know you wouldn't have got Phil Jackson fired either. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't care what he did in Laker Town. He wouldn't get Phil Jackson fired. Listen, man, the great leaders, you know, the the Kobe's, the Michael Jordan's, the Magic Johnson's. LeBron's. You know, the 
They don't know. I can't put LeBron's name. He, you know, they get in people. They I'm get putting, in the teammates' I'm face I'm and let statement. them know what they expect. Uh, you know, in order to be a championship team. You know, I can say that as a Laker fan, born and raised. You know, seen many yeah. championships. Yeah, and somebody who's a lifelong South Floridian who is not a Heat fan, but has several friends who are, and of course is a big fan of the NBA, followed that whole story very, very closely, and they are the backyard team. Um, even when he was here, you notice that a lot of the a lot of the media handlings were more or less taken on by Dwayne Wade. Uh, he was more at the forefront of that, and LeBron was just kind of free to play basketball and didn't have to have the pressure of being the face and the guy to answer all the questions. Um, I, he's just not wired like that. Listen, I can't handle any more of this LeBron shade. So <laughs> I, I obviously Neil thinks LeBron's situation would have worked out better. Yeah, or LeBron's he likes situation. LeBron over Kobe. I mean, I like them both, but okay. I think, you know. Is that a discussion for another day? I We're think, doing the, I the think, straight up LeBron Kobe uh, oh, comparison? Yes. Well, we don't have enough time. Yeah. Today, yeah. yeah, that'll be okay. an argument for another, for another episode. Day, yeah. so, one, so we're going to agree to disagree on this. Okay. Screw you two. Um, <laughs> on the next topic, the last topic that I want to hit on for this, um, athletes are retiring younger. We're seeing guys like Marshawn Lynch is retiring. Calvin Johnson is apparently retiring. I hate seeing these guys leave because I love them both. Um, but, but, and, and there's not so much due to, well, they're due to injuries a little bit, but not head injuries. Head injuries are the big thing right now. We remember Chris Borland, rookie linebacker for the 49ers. He retired after his first season yeah. and he actually a was, of a rookie year and, and, yeah, he was playing great. And I believe he gave a lot of that money back to the 49ers. He said, I don't want, I just don't want this anymore because of head injuries. Cause I think he had head injuries a lot. Maybe in, he already college. had a head injury yeah. before he did that. Yeah. That might, that might cause you <laughs> what to the hell give the money back. Yeah, for? I, mean, might, I understand might, you're taking a stance, but yeah, that shows obviously trauma, right? <laughs> That's real trauma right there. But so I just, I'm, you know, even when it comes to putting my kids in sports, I honestly think about it. Like, should I put them in football? I love football. I would love for my kids to play football, but I can't get past the fact that I think every time they get hit, that is doing something to my kid's head. Right. You know what I mean? And we see guys committing suicide left and right. I don't know if you guys noticed um, Dave Mira, the BMX, uh, you know, he's like a X Games kind of BMX star. He killed thing. himself recently. And oh, he, he wow. was like 40-something. He had a couple kids. And he like shot himself, and they said they think it had to do with brain trauma from all the accidents from falling off his bike, oh, you know, and doing all that kind of stuff. And they're saying, you know, in every sport, you know, and, and head trauma is a lot easier to get, you know, than people think it is. Like you can just whip your head, you know, hard, and you can get head trauma. Absolutely. So and we and we're, and we're seeing guys kill themselves, kill you know, kill other people, um, lose memory, all these kind of things. And I'm just wondering, you know, the future of sports, specifically football, where there's tons of head trauma every game. It's like it's unavoidable, basically. Right. What What do you think the future of football is? Do you think medical science will catch up with it and make it, you know, less of an issue? Or do you think at some point it's like, you know, we're playing in bubbles and mm -hmm. like running around barely hitting each other or flag football or something? Because if we're going at the current pace that we're going at and the direction we're going at, it's like it's a very bleak and dark future, I feel like, for a lot of these NFL players. And 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 I and I've seen tons of stories of all different kind of athletes saying, "Oh, you know, I can't walk as well anymore. I have, you know, very I'm very forgetful now. Uh, it's hard to remember stuff." And you know, that's sad when you see these guys that we've watched, right. you know, do all this amazing stuff and then they turn into that, almost kind of like Muhammad Ali. I mean, yeah. look at the guy. A lot of those boxers and, and MMA fighters, they can't even talk straight. Yeah. You know what I mean, and so it's it's a legit question when you when it comes to mixed martial arts, boxing, football. What do you think the future of it is? Do you? I honestly think that I think the future is bright. So you think it's going to keep going? I think it's space? right. You know why? Because. So you're going the medical science route. You think we're going to catch up. The world or America, rather, love to see. We love violence. You know, that's a fact. We love violence. So, you know, you can throw all these medical, you know, these stats at us, these numbers. 
and um, I don't think viewership drops. You okay, know? screw viewership. The okay. athletes themselves. The athletes themselves. Do you, do you think, think less people are going to avoid? Um, you know, as a parent, um, I have to agree with you on the whole point. I love football, played football. Don't know if I necessarily want my son to play football. That's what I'm saying. You know, I think I'd gear him now if he, for some reason, shares that same, you know, love for the game and he's the one pushing it, then I feel like as the type of parent I am, I'm going to support that. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, hopefully we can play it as safe as possible, as safe as football can be. Yeah. You know, because when they start taking things like, you know, I'm, you're talking to somebody who has a whole problem with the uh, don't hit them high. And, you know, you, you're taking out, I'm pretty sure the, the amount of leg injuries have risen drastically yeah. ever since. Now, all of a sudden, you have this strike zone um, as far as where you can hit somebody, you know, yeah. back when, you know, um, I mean, trying to prevent, you know, CTE or anything like that. Um, but as a kid growing up, do you idolize the sport as much when you see them all brain dead by the time they're 40? You know what I mean? Do see, you, we never saw that as kids growing up, though. Exactly. That stuff was probably brushed under the rug. And that's what know? I'm saying. What is it? Where is this going to go? I, I can't I can't see it being a, a positive thing if medical science doesn't catch up with it. You know what I mean? Like, right. no one. You see guys, like I said, left and right retiring young because of it. I, I really see it going more the route of there. there's going to have to be something that happens where a lot of this revenue money is going to have to be diverted for aftercare uh, for the retired athletes, not only to study more of their conditions, but also um, should that be from treatment programs or uh, some sort of you know dividends that they can uh, get paid out. Um, I, I guess that's kind of where I see it more going on the back end. Cause I agree with rich. I don't really see it going anywhere, especially if people continue to watch and people continue to spend money on it. Right. Um, and that's the bottom line uh, or, or something really tragic is going to have to happen as, as is always the case. Uh, you know, one really messed up thing is going to happen and everybody's going to stand up and take notice and say, okay, we need to, you know, we need to, radically alter this thing. right and i tend to agree with you on that but again i feel like in our even in our country alone you see tragedy happen and we all kind of freeze for a minute but then we go back to normal life Absolutely. so, I, so yeah. I, you know you can have a player die on the field and i think we're all gonna be like what and then we're gonna go back to playing football yeah you know what i mean so i think maybe and what could be the outcome of shorter careers guys may just retire younger it's interesting that you said that because i can tell you a story when i first started playing tackle football this is my freshman year in high school i remember having to take a piece of paper home to my mother that clearly stated there are definite, uh, you know, precautions as far as uh, possibility of paralysis, right. possibility of death. You have to sign off on this right. to play high school football. Yeah. Yes, well, just know, to let you know that these are possibilities. Yeah. So everyone playing football, you know, coming in, you know, you basically signed that off and said, well, that's not going to happen to me. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, it's going to happen to somebody. Yeah. Hopefully it's not your kid. It's not somebody, you know. You know, but well, um, and, and year after year, high school and college players drop dead on the field. People I mean, go in knowing all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. You know? you know, I was living in California at the time and they used to have summer practices. Um, every high school player is familiar with the term two a days. Yeah. You know, when it gets closer to the season, you have two practices a day. I mean, we're talking about this is this is July and August. Yeah. You know what I mean? The sun is freaking at its hottest, you know, and I would guy, I would watch guys drop to their knees, you know, throw up. Obviously, we're talking about back in the early 90s. So. I don't know if things have changed, you know. Yeah. I come from a generation of, oh, you know, I'm seeing stars. Suck it up. Yeah. Push, you know what I mean? push through it. Push through yeah. it. Same thing our right. parents would say, oh, my, my mom would send me to school. If, as long as I'm not dying, you're going to school. You're going to school. You I, know what I mean, mean, oh, yeah. So, oh, so, yeah. so, I mean, I guess, you know, there is no way for it to go, but it continues to go up. Like we're saying, you know, obviously the viewership keeps going up. The revenue keeps going up. But, man, I feel like there's a lot of 
you know either that or they're eventually they're just going to get pushed into other things basketball baseball soccer yeah. hockey yep. lacrosse maybe right it, it, maybe you'll see the growth and maybe you'll see some growth in, in other sports yeah, yeah. that's you possible know? too i mean either way the awareness has to go up because it's, it's, it's frightening man especially if you got kids Something I mean, to worry about, man. Look, really how long, look how long boxing in, in, has been around. And look at the growth of UFC. Yeah. You know what I mean? That just kind of goes back to my statement about people loving violence. You can go back to early Roman times yeah. with gladiators. You know? I, I think part of it is is we love the violence, but we don't want to see the outcome. Like exactly. the of aftermath. Course. You know of what I mean? You know what? It's so funny that you say that because when you're talking about the Johnny Manziel situation, and for example, like say the Ray Rice situation. Remember initially when you heard about the Ray Rice situation, everything was cool yeah. until people saw the tape. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it was like, <clears throat> okay, we knew that he hit a woman. So what else was hitting a woman supposed to look like? Exactly. You know, as long as we don't have the visual to put with it, yeah. it's not as bad. Yeah. And that's, that's sad. But, you know, like I said, you know, I, you know we don't see the, the, the football player after. You know, we don't see him, the boxer after. You know, I mean, look at Muhammad Ali. You barely see the guy. And I'm that's because you. he can't talk straight. And I watched old tape of Muhammad Ali, and he was probably one of the most articulate, fluent, quick-witted, yeah. you know, people or celebrities you want to say yeah. that there was. I mean, it's bad enough age and time takes your skills. The irony in that to me just gives me goosebumps, man. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, to go from that to, you know, barely not even being able to utter a word. Yeah, I watch, I, if you've seen the celebrity game, Tracy McGrady played in the celebrity game. He was my, He's my favorite player ever. Okay. Okay, if you watch, like, past All-Star games, he's done, like, some amazing dunks where he would throw off the backboard and then, you know, oh, slam yeah. it in. He tried that last night. Uh. And I'm going to tell, <laughs> tell you, he tried it last night because it was ugly. And it, it actually, like, was sad when I seen it. He, he, he bunts out the backboard and then he's like, grabs it and, like, puts it up like a layup. Right. And I was like, wow. Like, it, it was like, it was almost like, you know, like Father sobering. Time was undefeated. Man. Yeah, it was yeah. sobering. I was like, wow, I didn't want to see that, though. And he's right. not even, is he even 40 yet? I don't know. He's like 36. Wow. But he's had a lot of injuries. He had yeah. a lot of injuries yeah. and the wear and tear. And that's, and that's what I mean. Like, I have I have all these, you know, visions of McGrady and when he was on the Magic and all these dunks and everything he did. I don't want to see that McGrady of 36 right. years old that can't finish a dunk like that. Right. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. With the head injuries and all these stuff, we don't want to see the aftermath. You know, even me, I didn't want to see him do that. Like, I, I want to see the McGrady that I always remember to McGrady. You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, I think the NFL needs to put something in place, though, yeah. uh, to take care of former players. Though. Yeah, I just I want mean, to try to raise awareness to it. Should we, um, you think they should come out and put a cap on how many years a guy can play? You football? Think, yeah. Wow. Only football because no no other sport really. Well, like I said, MMA you, has a ton you of have that. Well, okay, MMA would be would yeah. be another one definitely. Well, but... can you put an age cap though, or would it have to be how many well, times injury saying, cap? But can you put a cap on somebody's seasons? But again, livelihood is probably. What I was going to say, can say. you put a cap on somebody's right to earn a living? Exactly, and that's where it gets really dicey. But or you you have to have them sign the most like airtight waivers ever and say, well, you know, you know, you know what the risks are. Uh, here you are. You're basically like signing your life away for the opportunity to to make maximum money and you know have a little bit of fame. At the I feel time. like you. I feel like you have to put some kind of head trauma cap in there or something. Kind of like you put a steroid cap in, mm -hmm. where you get busted this many times, you're done. Yeah, okay. you know I mean, I don't know if you've seen the New York Med reliever the other day. He got busted yeah, for his third time. But, he got a lifetime ban from baseball. But but how yeah. but how often is that going to lead to? Let's say it's a star player like Jamal Charles, the guy who's yeah. been concussed a few times. And how is that going to lead to them maybe not reporting what's going That's on true. and making it worse for him? That's true. It boils down to talent level. Yeah. Like you said, the more talented the guy, the more slack they're going to cut. So him. it's a sticky exactly. situation. It's a sad situation. You know, I, like I said, I just want to raise the awareness, awareness of it, you know, because right. it's, a, it's, a, it's a bad situation all around. But that's basically going to end it, guys. We just did about an hour. So Good we're going to, yeah, seriously. So we're going to end the show here going forward. 
as always, we want to thank everyone who listens. We want to thank Rich for coming in on this Pleasure one. Pleasure being here with you guys. Thanks for having me. Yep. Absolutely. And this isn't the last of Rich, guys, so don't worry. Again, I have to announce that we are on iTunes. Please subscribe to the podcast, review the podcast, uh, download the episodes. We appreciate the continued support. You have to remember that you guys are Clock Dodgers. We're a family. So clockdodgers.com. Twitter is at Clock Dodgers. Continue to hit us up. Any final notes, guys? Anything you want to mention before we go? Hey, man, just keep on listening. You know <laughs> what I mean? And we're going to talk about some more interesting stuff. Yeah, keep um, bringing it. I would love to hear that T.O. argument, by the way. Yeah. So I'm oh, looking forward to Finn Neal keep us posted. Next week, yeah. Whatever the results are, we'll go about over that then. All right, guys. Well, we're out. Rich, out. Done. Peace out. All right, guys. <laughs> Later.